are you doing? You know, I know that sounds super spiritual, but I'll tell you what, it can, it'll change your life. Asking that simple question, you know, remember uh, the wristband, what would Jesus do? Well, you know, there's truth to that. Stopping a moment and aligning ourselves with the Holy Spirit. You can do nothing better than that. So anyway, so with that being said, you know, I woke up and I've, I've learned, and I'm not, I, I'm not telling you to do this, but try it, and it, sometimes it's pretty neat. I woke up and I looked at the clock, and it was 3.33. Well, you know what that means to me. Jeremiah 3.33. So guess what I did? Lord, I call upon the Lord. I didn't wake my wife. I'm learning how to be good there. But the point being is the, the awesomeness of, of understanding that we walk with a God that is alive 24 hours a day. You know, remember uh, Paul said, pray without ceasing. You ever thought about that? I mean, how, how do we as human beings pray without ceasing? Well, I really believe what the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate with us and give us revelation is that, first of all, it says, He, Jesus, what is He doing? He is forever making intercession before us, before the Father. 24 hours a day, first of all, you never should ever say, Gee, nobody's praying for me. Don't ever say that, because it's a lie. Because Jesus himself is always interceding for us. And with that in mind, Paul says, I want you to pray without ceasing. Well, how do you do that? I really believe simply what is being communicated there is lifestyle. Just that. Just lifestyle. Being aware, as we've been talking about, that he is always with us, and we can always be with Him. Do you hear that? I mean, I can tell you there's quite a bit of the day or a lot of times I'm not with Him, but He's with me. I just don't know it, and I'm not recognizing it. And what we're talking about here is learning how to recognize the voice of God. And the way that we begin to do that, we've talked about, is first of all, being aware that He's there all the time. So, what I'd like us to do a little bit uh, this morning to start off, you know, without being super spiritual or, or any of that, because we're all, I know, at different places in our lives. But I think it was Byron that said this the other day, you know, that I'm going to put words in his mouth, that when he sings, he sounds like a frog. And nobody would really like to listen to him sing. But you know what he heard? He heard the Lord say, I love the way you sing. Can you hear that a minute? You see, we are so entrapped with what people will think of us if we do this, that we don't do that. So, with that being said, what I'd like us to do is, can we all just stand up, you know, shake off slumber, you know, shake it off a little bit. And can we just start, you know... We're not bound by time here. We're living in eternity. How do you like that? You know, we're seated in heavenly places. You know, I, I'd like to proclaim today that we're in God's living room together. And He's on His throne. 
We're, we're, we're seated with him. We're with the Lord. He is present today. And we can experience the presence of God today in a way that will change our lives forever. The Bible says that if we turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Something begins to happen to us when we turn, when we, we talked about fixing our eyes on what we cannot see. And I said last night that my interpretation of that is learning how to fix our eyes in which we cannot see. So what I'd like us to do, however you want to do it, but remember we talked about letting your ears hear something coming out of your mouth. So what I'd like us all to do, however you want to do it, if you want to hum, if you want to just... You know, when I talk to people about speaking in tongues, and, and sort of what we're going to be doing today and the rest of the day is... You know, I don't know if all of you speak in tongues or if you don't, but when I talk to people about speaking in tongues and I begin to pray with them, you see, speaking in tongues is not waiting for a bolt of lightning, it's responding. So when I talk to people about that, I'll say something like, let's start praying. Okay, what do you start saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you. Just keep saying, you can't go wrong with that, right? So they're saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And they're, the Lord's coming, and they're getting filled with the Spirit. Then I say, now, stop English. You see, it's that easy. Well, what I want to encourage us to do is just begin to worship the Lord however you do it. Okay? We talked about that. You want to stand, sit, kneel, walk around a little bit. We're going to spend a little time entering into his gates with thanksgiving and then into his courts with praise. And praise, thanksgiving is thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in my life, my family. Praise is you are great, Lord. You are great. So if you want to sing, you can sing. You want to hum, you want to hum. You want to talk, you want to talk. But open your mouth and allow the Lord to be exalted in your life this morning in our lives. Let's lift Jesus up this morning. Let him saturate us and prepare us for what he wants to do in our lives this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. If you've never sung in the Spirit, just start saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. He loves our voices. He loves our hearts. He loves to listen to us. No matter how funny we sound, no matter how funny we think we look, Lord, you love us this morning. We're going to spend time doing this, so just relax and enjoy. Lord, we want to practice being in your presence, Lord. Let your ears hear.
the Spirit of God coming out of your mouth. Let your e be encouraged. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. in. Come up to the throne of grace boldly. Come up to his throne boldly. Thank you, Lord. Take a deep breath. Oh, Jesus, we just, let's just breathe in and you go ahead and sit down and Let's just breathe in the Holy Spirit and relax in His presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Again, I just want to thank you all for, for coming and being hungry to hear from the Lord. We all love to hear from the Lord. And, and you know, it's, it's an honor for me to be standing here sharing with you. It's a privilege. 
you know, each one of us are a child of the king. And he just looks at us so exceptionally. You know, we're, each one of us, as we talked about her, are just so unique that, that each one of us has something that, that nobody else has. And it's God's heart that we fulfill that something that he's put within us to give to the world, to his body. And that's what this is all about, this time we're spending here, is talking about speaking the truth in love. We're not talking about how do you become a prophet. We're not talking about how do you become a seer. We're not talking about some great and awesome anointing of fire and brimstone. We're talking about being a man and woman, a child of God. We're talking about what does it mean to speak the truth, which is His Word, in love. What does it mean to do that? How do I do that? And that's what we're talking about. And I shared a little bit last night. I'm going to do a little bit of review this morning. Shared The first thing that, in my mind, when I think about, first of all, sharing with you, the first thing I think about myself is I'm not a leader. I'm a servant. I'm really a servant. We are all servants to one another because it's the Master that lives in one another. And we are serving Him. We are serving each other. So when the Lord would give me something, I'm not coming up to you from a lofty position down. I'm coming from a place of serving. I want to serve it. I, I want to hold it out there. If you don't want it, that's fine. My responsibility is to serve. That's it. Not to make it happen. Not to, to coordinate or cause circumstances. My, my responsibility is just to serve. That's the obeying part of it. Here I am, Lord. Use me. So my goal, again, for this time is for all of us to not just be equipped on how I can be used, but to be equipped how we can share with everyone, how everyone can be used. And that's why I encourage you, if you wanted to take notes or whatever, but that, that you might be able to go home and look at this and say, and say to someone, your friend, or someone you're talking with, you know, it, prophecy isn't all that people say that it's this. That it, prophecy simply is hearing from God and speaking to people. Now, I agree, there's all different levels, and the level we're talking about is the level we are all on together. Someone said to me once, when I was younger in the Lord, I wanted to be a pastor, I wanted to be an elder, I wanted to be a prophet, I wanted to be... And there's nothing wrong with all of that. But someone said to me once, you know, Steve, when you get to heaven, all those titles are going to be gone. But Steve, do you know what title is always going to remain? I said, what? He said, brother, sister. You see, that's the title that all of us should be aspiring to. How do I become a brother and sister in Christ? What does it mean to, to walk as a man or woman of God? And that's what this is all about in our lives. As we talked about, and I said it last night, we need to first of all understand, when, and I believe everyone here asked Jesus in their heart and got saved, 
Well, what does it mean that we got saved? We need to continually remind ourselves, reckon yourself dead to sin, the Scripture says. We need to continually remind ourselves that we're a new creation. We're not who the enemy wants to remind us we were. We are something new. We, we are dead. Our lives are hid in Christ and God. We are part of the body of Christ. We are members in particular. Remember I said, I'm one of the hairs on his leg. So it's important for all of us to understand that we've been changed. What does that mean? What does that mean to us as we begin to, to think about that and welcome those type of thoughts into our lives? Our lives begin to really change. And it's a process. The scripture says we're being converted. <laughs> All of us wish it would be, oh man, do I need to go? You know, hey, listen, I, I, I'm 65 years old, and I, you know, it's like, hey, aren't I done with all these trials? <laughs> Isn't it over with yet? And then the Lord says to me, Steve, listen, I'm preparing you to live forever. Think about that a minute. I'm preparing you to live forever. So the momentary light affliction that you feel on this earth is the eternal weight of glory that is being produced in your life. Okay, Lord, thank you for the trial. And I'm not making light of trials. Believe me, I'm not. All of us know what it's like to go through trials and tribulations. They're not fun. Ask my children when they were growing up, and I had to train them. They didn't like it. But today, they're, thank God, they're after much trial and tribulation. They're both serving the Lord. <laughs> um, so, again, prophecy, or to prophesy, is to hear from God and speak to people. Okay? That's it. That's how simple it is. And the level that we're talking about is that of being a brother and sister. Prophets do that. They hear from God and speak to people. But we're not talking about being a prophet. We're talking about being a brother and sister here. How do we do, how do, we do that? And that we find in 1 Corinthians 14.3. Because... As I alluded last night, there is a place for the office of a prophet to come and say, listen, if you don't do this, God's going to do this. But that's not what we're talking about, being a prophet. We're talking about being a brother and sister. And how do you walk in Christ? How do we prophesy in Christ? It tells us right here. 1 Corinthians 14.3, which is, again, as I shared last night, my motto. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. That's what it's all about. It's not saying, hey, you know, I woke up this morning and I saw a coffin in front of you. What does that mean? That's not what it's talking about. Now, we, make, we, we laugh at that, and I understand that. But, Steve, what would you do if that happened? What would you do if you woke up this morning, and I ain't going to say anyone's name, but Joe Blow, you woke up this morning, and you saw Joe Blow, and in front of him there was a coffin. You couldn't see who was in it, but you saw a coffin. And what would you do? 
you would pray. You see, that's beginning to understand what do I do with what I hear? What do I do with what I hear? And I want to keep encouraging us that our track, our barometer on what we do is 1 Corinthians 14.3. If you can't do 1 Corinthians 14.3, I would submit to you that means you should be praying about it. Do you hear that? That's, you know, here at, at River Life, <clears throat> our prophetic teams, we ask them not to do any... It's not that you will never see anything or feel anything negative. It's what do you do with what you see or feel that's negative. That's the issue. And here at River Life, our prophetic teams use 1 Corinthians 14.3. If they see something negative, it's not something they're to share. It's something they're to pray about. Do you, do you, do you follow that? And then the other side of that is stepping back and saying, Jesus, what would you want to say to this person that had a coffin in front of him? Now, again, at that point, the Lord might say to you, nothing, which means I'm going to be praying about it. <clears throat> now, hear this. Or the enemy could say to you, you need to go up and tell that person that something serious about death is going to be going on in their lives. That's not 1 Corinthians 14.3, so I know that's the enemy. I ain't going to be listening to him. But the Lord could say to you, Hey, I want you to go up to that person and tell him how much I love him and what a wonderful life he has in front of him. Do you hear the difference? He's not, the Lord doesn't point out the negative in our lives. His whole purpose to, for us is to what? strengthen, encourage, and comfort. That's our goal. And again, we're reviewing a little bit here. <clears throat> so again, I just want to go over this one thing. Strengthening, what does that mean? It means imparting hope and joy. Encouragement, what does that mean? It means breaking off discouragement. Comfort, what does that mean? means breaking off fears, imparting faith, bringing peace and rest. And then we began to talk about hungering. How do we begin to walk in this place of being a brother and sister and speaking the truth and love to one another? How do we begin to walk in this place? Well, the way we begin, first of all, the Scripture says, He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. So the first step, the Scriptures tell us, is desire earnestly spiritual gifts and all that you may prophesy. So there's a place there that we begin to, Lord, <clears throat> fill me with your word. Thy word is truth. Fill me with your word, Lord. Fill me with your word. I want to be a brother. I want to be a sister in the body of Christ. I want to be able to speak the truth in love. I want to see... Jesus be lifted up. That's where we start. We start from that place of hungering and thirsting. We need to also understand that <clears throat> prophecy is revelation. It's not something that is human thought. Now, 
all I can tell you there is that is the struggle all of us go through. Is this the Lord or not the Lord? Now let me tell you how I have dealt with that. I believe everything God gives me that's related to 1 Corinthians 14.3 is the Lord. I hope that doesn't blow your mind. That's how simple I think. I don't question it anymore. You know why? Because I have found over the years that if I'm wrong, but I'm coming from a place of 14.3 to love, encourage, and strengthen that person, they're going to be strengthened, encouraged, or comforted. So if I'm wrong, they're going to still be blessed. And I said it last night, talking about healing. A lot, of, uh, a lot of people don't pray for people to be healed because they're afraid they won't be healed. And what do you do if they don't get healed? Well, I like to reverse that. I've, I've heard the story over and over where John Wimber would teach. He'd say, imagine 11 people in wheelchairs sitting in front of you, and you're going to pray for all of them to be healed and stand up. What if they don't stand up? What if one of them does? And the other nine are getting blessed. You you see, we think about things the wrong way. God wants to bless and encourage and love. Something happens to a human being when they are touched by the love of Christ. Something begins to open up in their hearts when they're touched by the love of Christ. So we need to understand that revelation is something that comes from God. And it's not a human thought. Now, how do I get away from that? First of all, by agreeing with the Lord that I'm dead and my life is hid in Christ and God. And I have the mind of Christ. So that's my goal, is I want to think like the Lord thinks. I want to feel like the Lord feels. I want to see like the Lord sees. One of the things that that we've talked about when we talk about healing, and I love this, is really understanding that I'm a part of the body of Christ. Now, this is going to sound, I hope it doesn't really sound heretical or whatever, but this is how I feel about it, and this is what I felt like the Lord has showed me. I'm, I'm no longer alive. My life is hid in Christ. I'm a part of the body of Christ. I am not Christ. I'm a part of the body of Christ. But when I touch somebody, it's not me touching them. It's Jesus touching them by faith. Now, well, Steve, well, will you, don't you take communion? Don't you believe it's the blood by faith? Don't you believe it's the body by faith? Well, it's the same thing. When I reach out and want to pray for somebody, I want to be aware and conscious it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. In the life that I live, I live now by faith. That's our goal, is learning how to walk by faith. Learning how to live by faith. So there. So, revelation is how we receive the prophetic word prophecy and the prophetic word is made up of three components again first component is the revelation well what does it that mean what it, when we say revelation what are we specifically saying we're saying it can come as a dream 
It can come as a vision. It can come as an impression or a knowing. It is basically, what did you see, hear, or receive? That's a revelation. We saw that in Matthew where Simon Peter received sovereignly from God who Christ is. And the Lord said to him, you didn't receive this from man, but you received this from my Father. The other part of the prophetic word, when we receive a prophetic word, is the interpretation. This is the understanding that God gives about the revelation we have received. Interpretation interpretation is, what is God saying, or what does it mean? In other words, I received this, now what does it mean? What is he saying about this? And then the other third part is application. Okay, I received it. Now I'm, Lord, what does it mean? And he says, da-da-da-da-da, this is what it means. Well, now what am I supposed to do with this? How do I respond to this? And we talked about this last night. I want to remind you that most of the time, I'll share with you uh, something that, that happened to me. I'll probably share a few stories, but this this is really this is going to be a little funny. But I want I want you to understand that God does have a sense of humor. How many know that? He's not sitting in the chair. You know, Scripture says that he gets up and was it Zephaniah three seventeen? He gets up and jumps around and spins and sings over us. He's so excited about us. But I was uh, doing prophetic ministry, and um, by the way, this is the book. Yeah, this is the book. You all may prophesy by Steve Thompson. Um, <clears throat> I was doing some prophetic ministry, and um, in walks this brother, and he sits down, and I'm sitting there. <laughs> And I hear the Lord say, tell him he's a babbling idiot for Jesus. Those words. Now, remember I said we're servants. I literally, first of all, I battled with that. I mean, come on, you know. I can't say this guy. I don't know who this guy is. and I can't tell you, you know, come on. Well, finally, I submitted I began. I, I heard. Finally, I'm obeying now. I'm going to obey. So I literally got off my chair, got on my knee, and I said, "Listen, please. I, I feel like the Lord's said this to me." Now, I didn't say, "Thus says the Lord." I said, "I feel like the Lord has said this to me, and He's looking at me." Now this is the first time. Well, well, let me just say. So I'm looking at him, and I said, "I feel like I'm hearing the Lord saying, you're a babbling idiot for Jesus.'" Well, when I said that, he started hysterically laughing. I mean, oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, you know. And, li- and one of the things that we did back then is we would not ask people. We say, now, don't give feedback to those prophetic people. We don't want them to get big heads. You know, that this meant this or this meant that. So, or we tell them to come into the booth and have that poker face. You know, so um, 
So he left. I knew nothing. I mean, I knew something had happened, but I didn't, I didn't have the interpretation or the application. <laughs> I just had the, the revelation. You see, so a lot of times, you know, you don't, you don't, oh, that's all you get. But if you're obedient, believe me, it can change someone's life. Well, now, now let me tell you who he is. His name's Carol Henderson. Actually, he might be here tomorrow night, tonight, but his name's Carol Henderson. Uh, he's become a very, very, very good friend of mine. But let me just tell you what happened. The name of his church was Laurelwood Baptist Church. Okay? He um, had just been acquainted with the Holy Spirit, and someone talked him into coming to this crazy meeting where they prophesy over people. And he, so he had never been prophesied over before. Okay? But he had this knack. He was, in, before he knew the Lord, he was a disc jockey. So he, would, he could babble all the time. And people in his church would say to him, man, you're a babbling idiot for Jesus. Those exact words they would say to him from a loving and encouraging place. So when I said that to him, it blew his mind completely. I mean, completely. I knew none of this. About, as a result of that, about um, three weeks later or so, he wanted to do what was called a school of the Spirit at his Baptist church on Monday nights. Did anybody here ever, did you ever go to that? You know, did, he wanted to do, in, in, in Rankin Lake Baptist Church, this other brother and over there on 321. They wanted to do a school of the Spirit. So they called Steve Thompson, because he was the one back then heading it up, and said, we want to do a school of the Spirit like you guys do. Do you have anyone that you can send over to help us? And Steve recommended Janice and I, another couple. So I still had not seen Carol Henderson. So we were supposed to be there this night. We go. And we arrive in the parking lot, Janice and I, and we're getting out of our car, and in pulls this van, and this is exactly what happened, you can ask him. In pulls this van, and he gets out, and he looks familiar to me. You know, after about 25 people coming through and you're sharing with them, people all look a blur at one point in time. So he gets out, and he looks familiar to me, and uh, he gets out, and then his wife gets out of the van holding this little baby, and, you know, hearing and obeying, I heard, oh, there's John the Beloved. You got a little beloved. Guess what his name was? John. So that's how our relationship started. Well, for two years, every Monday night, Janice and I went to this little Baptist church, having a school of the Spirit, seeing wonderful people, getting baptized in the Spirit. Lives changed like you could not believe. We saw miracles. Remember you, about eight years ago or six years ago, you heard about the big, some of you might have heard the big gold teeth phenomena where, you know, it started in that church with Bobby Connor, you know. Um, so something as crazy as hearing the words, 
babbling idiot for Jesus can change a whole church. So I really want you to hear that. You just never know what God is doing. And that's healthy. (laughs) So did you catch all that? All right. We also talked about how did you receive the revelation? How did you receive the word? There's, there's different ways that we receive the word of God. We talked about basic, which is pretty much where all of us are at. You know, we're pretty much all there. And how does that come? A perception, a gentle internal vision, a small still voice. That's what happened to me in that that time. I heard a small still voice inside of me whispering. What did it sound like? I can't describe it to you. You hear this? Because it's not physical. It's spiritual. We've got to sometimes stop trying to bring what happens in the spirit physically. Because most of the time you can't, like... We're going to get into the seeing, and I'll explain that a little bit. Most of the time, to try to explain what you're hearing, spiritual, how, I mean, what, was, it a, was it like air going through the air? Shh. Was it like, uh, no, I can't explain it, but I heard it. How many can relate to what I just said? And see, that's the small, still voice of the Lord in us. And as we learn to recognize that, Believe me, it'll change our lives. It, you know, I heard a brother say once, well, what do I do when I get to the corner? Do I say, Lord, do I turn left or right and listen? Hey, if you want to, you can. I mean, and he might tell you to turn left or right. But the point being is that he really wants to be speaking to us, us hearing him all the time. It's called relationship. That's, man, just... It's called relationship. So, basic is one of the ways that we receive revelation. Then there's the high level. And that's visions. Which, When we say visions, we're talking about open visions. I've really only had, I would say, if I'm really thinking about one real open vision that I know was an open vision in my life. And a lot of us heard about what was going on at Moravian Falls and angels and all of that. Well, a bunch of us brothers, quite a few years ago, went to Moravian Falls for like a getaway and pray and go to the little prayer mountain. So we climbed up to the top there, and it was a beautiful night. And um, I'm just, you know, we all just laid down, you know, in, in the on the ground and just looking up. And I'm just looking up. The stars are beautiful. All of a sudden, there's no other way to explain it. It was like a statue starts coming out like chalk white is the only way I can describe it. Of I knew it was an angel just leaning over me like this, not saying nothing, just leaning over and looking at me, and I'm looking at the angel. Didn't say nothing, didn't do anything, but I was shivering inside. And, and that's the, I know that, that that was an what I would call an open vision. I've had many visions that I can describe to you, but they weren't like that. 
they were like, well, how did you hear that voice? Well, it was like, uh, uh, and we're going to talk about that. Because that's usually the way when we say we saw something, we're going to see it. When you see it physically, that's an open vision. Another high level is angelic visitations. And um, Bob, who's going to be coming tonight, will maybe tell you about some of his. He's got friends. They come and talk to him. They're angels. Visitations of the Lord. We Vivid dreams, trances. I'm not a big dreamer, personally. So when I have a dream, it's usually, for me, pretty profound. But I might only have um, four or five dreams a year. So I'm not a big dreamer, so therefore I'm still not old. Um, <laughs> catch that. But uh, vivid dreams, being caught up in the Spirit and the audible voice of God. You know, I've thought about this sometimes. and this is gonna sound, you get, I'm getting off a little bit, but I've thought about this. How many times... Have you been driving in a car and you're at point A and all of a sudden you're at point B and can't re- uh, point D and can't remember B C B and C? Oh, I wonder sometimes. You know, I think about things like that. You know, but I know somebody that things like that actually have happened to. Boy, I would like to consciously be able to experience that, wouldn't you? It happened to uh, Philip. Boom! Here he is on the, the beach. You know, all of a sudden he looks up and there's a chariot going by and he hops on and shares the Lord and Egypt gets touched. Think about that. I mean, I want to be open. I want to hunger for any way God wants to use me. How about you? How about you? Also, we talked about God communicates in strange ways. And that's important for us to understand. <clears throat> he communicates in strange ways. We talked about He spoke through a jackass. That's pretty strange. <laughs> To me, isn't it? I mean, he used a fish to bless somebody with money. I mean, I'll accept that. (laughs) I know somebody that the Lord used to give him the lotto numbers to see if he would play them. He didn't. He would give him the lotto numbers to see if he would play him, and he didn't. And you probably have heard of this guy. His name's John Paul Jackson. Guy's had some incredible experience. And I really believe part of all of these type of things is the Lord wanting to give us more. He says, here, here's a little bit. Now, we talked about this. I want to... The way that we grow in the prophetic is beginning to accept the simple, basic... I receive. I want to go. I want more. I want more. So part of understanding how God speaks in strange ways is to understand most of the time He's speaking to us by His Spirit 
which means we need to learn how to not just walk in the Spirit, and that's what we've been talking about. We need to go to the place of learning how to see in the Spirit. And that's where we ended last night. <clears throat> and I want to read the Scriptures again. <clears throat> First step in learning how to see in the Spirit is so we fix our eyes not <clears throat> on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. Paul is praying for us that the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our heart. What does that mean? I mean, let's stop, think. What does that mean? I mean, my eyes have heart? And we talked about this. Where do we hear the Word of God? What does the Scripture say? Your heart believes, and the next thing is your mouth speaks. So here's where the, the Lord's voice, His Word, enters. And this is where He says we have eyes. So He wants us to learn to see with our heart, that our heart would be able to... So He's not talking about seeing like this. He's talking about hungering to see from here. What does that mean? How do you do that? <clears throat> and we shared some scriptures showing that Paul walked that way. Jesus walked... I mean, he saw something. So, <clears throat> what I'd like us to do this morning... <clears throat> remember I said we were going to get stretched... And I want you just to go with me on this, because we're talking about practice. You know, the Scripture says, I think it's in 1 John, he that practices righteousness is righteous. And that word practice, really, if you look at the root there, is heart's desire. So we want to practice what we read here. We want to practice, how do you see in the Spirit? You've got to start somewhere. First of all, you need to know that every one of us are equipped to see in the Spirit. How are we equipped? God has given us what is called an imagination. Now, the enemy has so clobbered the world in that area of what we look and see and perceive with our imagination. Let's challenge ourselves to begin to take our imagination and turn it over to the Holy Spirit that we want to see with our imagination what's going on in the kingdom, what's going on in the spirit world. So, to prove to you that our five senses are not just physical, here's what I'd like you to do. <clears throat> I'd like everyone to close their eyes. Just relax. Close your eyes. Some of you, this will happen, some of you won't, but don't get discouraged if it doesn't, because believe me, it's there. You ready? I want everybody in this room to see a rainbow. Begin to look at the rainbow. Now, every one of you are going to see it differently. You're going to see different colors. You're going to see it different ways. But I want everybody to see a rainbow. Now, as you're looking at that rainbow, how are you seeing that rainbow? You're not seeing it with your physical eyes, are you? No. You're seeing it with what God has given us called an imagination. But now, this is, this is a stretch. 
Now what I want you to do is open your eyes and see the rainbow. How many could say you could see it when you opened your eyes? Raise your hands high. That's a stretch. But that's how we begin. Now let's do something else. One of our other senses. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to see a bottle of Pepsi. Okay. And now we're going to take the top off, and I want you to hear it fizz. How many can hear it fizz? Raise your hands. You just saw with your eyes and with your ears. You you, you following me now? What, what, What I'm talking about as far as our five senses in the spirit, I know this is stretching you. <laughs> now what I want you to do is I want you to see a loaf of bread that just came out of the oven. Come on. I want you to see a loaf of bread just came out of the oven. Now go ahead and take that loaf of bread and hold it up to your nose. Smell. How many can smell that loaf of bread? Yeah, a few of you. Now take that bread and put it in your mouth. Chew on it. How many could taste the bread? This you can all open your eyes now. This is just to point out to you that we can see in the Spirit. We can learn how to see in the Spirit. We can learn how to, to see what is not seen. That is such a contradictory, isn't it? But why does the Lord say that? Because He wants us to see what is not seen. I think that I've learned over the years not to question when I see something. The minute I question it, it disappears, if that makes sense. But when I see something and grab it and say, here, I I saw this. See, if if I, sometimes I'll be sitting and I'll, with a person and, I might see a word over their, their head. Or I might see... Well, uh, I'll give you an example. I was sitting with a person. This happens sometimes. Uh, I saw a long and winding road. And I heard the song, too. I like the Beatles. But anyway, well, how did you describe that long and winding road? Well, it was like that. I mean, you tried. You can't really explain clearly, physically, what you see spiritually. You can say it. Uh, you know, a lot. Sometimes, you know, I, I was praying over a person. I saw a sunflower. Okay. Now, how did you? I mean, what did it look like? 
It looked like a sunflower. But it was, it was in the air. It was, I, you can't, you see what I mean? Once you get into that place of trying to bring it in to our understanding, we begin to lose it. If you can just hear that. If you can just hear that. I really believe part of our problem is that, that we, we just almost cannot believe that it could happen. So we want to explain it instead of receiving it. I mean, I, I have friends that have ministered in Africa, and they don't try to explain anything. Our Western culture and our, our, our worldview, the way we see things, is just so indoctrinated us into wanting to understand. But that scripture doesn't say, it says, believe. This is the work of God. What? That you believe. That's it. You believe, not you understand. I believe that understanding comes as a result of what you believe. So therefore, I saw something, I share it, there's a reaction, they're blessed and everything, now I understand it. Does that make sense? So, don't get hung up in, well, you know, I'm not seeing or I am seeing. I just want to encourage you and challenge you and just to understand this, that what I'm sharing here, we shared for 14 weeks and talked about. So I'm trying to just give you a, you know, something to grab a hold of, something to to walk in, something to look at, something to be praying about, something to provoke you in your life. So we talked about the different components of a prophetic word, but what are the gifts of the Spirit that make up a prophetic word? Let's talk about them. What are the gifts of the Spirit that make up a prophetic word? Prophecy includes the spiritual gifts of the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, and of course the gift of prophecy. These gifts are all listed with the others in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Okay? So let's talk about these a little bit. First of all, there's the gift of prophecy. Well, that enables us to receive revelation from God. We again talked about Matthew 16:17, where Jesus replied and said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father which is in heaven. So the first gift that is active in the gift of prophecy, in prophecy, is the gift of prophecy. Make sense? When you're giving a word to somebody, in that word is something going on. And part of that is the gift of prophecy. Next is the word of knowledge. 
The word of knowledge, and I'm going to read this, is a specific piece of information of divine revelation about a person, place, or event concerning the past, present, or future. I'll read that again. The word of knowledge is a specific piece of information of divine revelation about a person, place, event concerning the past, present, or future. And we know the famous scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, 24 through 25. And I know we got the... uh, I'll read it there because so we don't get different scriptures. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all. Now, you notice the Holy Spirit there isn't saying to us that... Go back to uh, to 23 a minute. Uh, 24. Uh, But if all prophesy... He doesn't say, but if all have a word of knowledge, does he? But what what he's talking about there is in that prophecy, when that prophecy happens, the word of knowledge is going forth, and someone is, go to the next scripture, 25. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. So you see, he's talking about prophecy, but he's... But in that prophecy, the gift of the word of knowledge is operating. Make sense? In that specific example. Let's look at some examples from the scriptures of the word of knowledge. There's many of them, but I'm pulled out a few. Exodus 9.12 But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not heed them just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Before it happened, the Lord gave Moses a word of knowledge that this was going to happen. That's what it was. And then again, Exodus 11.1 and 2. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague. In other words, the Lord is speaking to Moses a word of knowledge about what is going to happen. He says, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh on Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. So again, we're talking about the Lord giving Moses, a word of knowledge about an event that's going to happen. And I love this one. 2 Kings 6, 12. Now, what happened here, the king was wanting to get a word, and all of his sayers and sooths and all those guys couldn't give him a word. So one of them said, hey, one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king, could give you a word. That's what they're saying. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of all Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Woo! 
How'd you like to have someone come up and start sharing with you what you did last night or yesterday? I believe that the purpose of us getting words of knowledge, and we'll get into this a little bit, is to restore. Do you hear that? Again, 1 Corinthians 14.3. That's our guidepost. The scripture that we all know from John 4.17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you are now with is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Why did she perceive that? Because he had a word of knowledge about her. Now, there's the example of Jesus walking as a prophet. But he was prophesying. Do you you see that? He was prophesying. I believe the word of knowledge simply sets people free it heals and restores I really have seen that over my lifetime where situations happen in people's lives that they need to be set free healed and restored and the word of knowledge through prophecy comes that way let me share an example with you that happened to me and this actually happened at one of those SOS meetings on a Monday night one of the things that was going on there remember a lot of people there everyone there was Baptist nothing wrong with the Baptists except sometimes they have a hard time believing in the freedom of the spirit that the spirit is alive today and that specifically prophecy I mean come on so here we are the meetings over and every time when the meeting was over back then we would say anybody wants prayer come on forward and we'll pray for you well there was a line people were coming forward and this woman comes up to me and it's like dares me and says you can't help me that's what she said And all of a sudden, I heard the Lord say, tell her it wasn't her fault. And I obeyed. And I said to her, it wasn't your fault. And uh, she just melted right there on the floor. Well, come to find out, the week before, she was in a car accident. And her son was sitting next to her and got killed. Tell me that the word of knowledge can't heal, restore, and set free. That woman was set free from condemnation. I mean, sometimes we just have no idea how a simple word can change. I did not have the interpretation again, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't have the application what to do about it. But I was being obedient to the revelation. 
So how do you receive the word of knowledge? How do we receive it? Step one, ask for it. There again, the desire, hunger, and thirst. Ask for it. Lord, please give me the word of knowledge. Fill me with your gift, your word of knowledge. Now, what do you got to do with it? You got to step out in faith. And what I'd like to challenge all of us, and this is where we've been learning in our prophetic teams and everything, I would like to interpret the word faith. I want to spell faith for you, the word faith, okay? You ready? Everybody know how to spell the word faith? No, you don't. I'll tell you how it's spelled. R-I-S-K. Do you hear that? The way that you spell the word faith is R-I-S-K. Let that go in a little bit. Remember, prophecy isn't just hearing from God. It's speaking what you hear. What if I'm wrong? I have to say it over and over. We here at River Life allow you to be wrong. Because that's how we learn. That's how we... I mean... We're made in His image. Watch children. How do they learn? How do we learn? We're not perfect. We know in part. We speak in part. We need to know that from the beginning. I don't have the whole answer. I know that from the beginning. So I'm not trying to figure out, is this everything that's supposed to be said? Because the other part of it, my brother, sister over here might have it. I mean, I've sat down... And I know this happens in the teams. How many times, let's just start off here, those that have been in situations, how many times you'll hear somebody get up and share something and you heard the exact same thing? Look, put your hands high. Look at this. You see, it's like someone else, we, we all hear in part and we all have different parts to give. Here's the other way that you receive the word of knowledge. Now, this is important, and this takes practice. You ready? Grab those quick, fleeting thoughts. Grab those quick, fleeting thoughts. I didn't say think about those quick, fleeting thoughts. I said grab those quick, fleeting thoughts and open your mouth and speak. You know, death to a prophetic word is thinking. (laughs) Is this God? Is this not God? Again, and I'm going to say it over and over and over. If you are looking at 1 Corinthians 14.3, it's okay if it's not God. You know, back in the, um, you know, the Toronto movement and the, you know, we talked about being vineyard eyes, you know, shaking and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And people make fun of you. And, you know, I saw people acting like chickens and quack, 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 quack. You know, the spirit come on them and they make all these different sounds. And my wife, who is the most calm and quiet person, I saw her on the floor with her feet and her legs up barking like a dog. Now, I knew that was God because that was sure wasn't my. Now, I'm telling you, back then, some people would say, oh, they're in the flesh. 
And I heard Rick Joyner share once, I would rather see 7% of the Spirit and 93% isn't than nothing of the Spirit. Do you, do you grab a hold of the, the principle there? Okay? So, what I, you know, I'm saying that I don't get hung up anymore if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I'll, I try sometimes, Lord, give me a name. Um, Don, Don came up to me, and I'm going to share this with Don. What was the name you got, Don, last night? What was the name? The name was Fred Lavin. Does that ring a bell to anybody, Fred Lavin? You know what? That's okay. But what if Fred Lavin was sitting here or someone knew Fred Lavin? So I would say to Don, I just would give that to the Lord. Uh, you gave me the name Fred Lavin. Wherever he is, bless him. You know, whatever. You see, it's not like, oh, no, I blew it. Do you hear that? Huh? Yes. Could be for the future, absolutely. Lord might be saying, tomorrow he might walk into a guy with a little yarmulke on and says, I'm Fred Lavin. So all I'm trying to say, and I'm going to keep saying, it's okay to make mistakes. We're children. Now, my wife gets mad at me sometimes when I say this, but there's no adults in heaven. Hello? Think about that. We're all children. And what do children do? They make mistakes. What else do they do? They get spanked. Right? But it's all good. It's all good. So I want to encourage you to grab those fleeting thoughts. And it's okay if you're wrong as long as your track... Your motto is 1 Corinthians 14.3. Let's take a good 10-minute break. Stand up, go potty. I think there's some coffee in there. And uh, we'll come back in and continue.